0: Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Fritz. Hey, good morning. I am, um, man. I'm. I'm I'm just so glad to be here. We we had a, um, uh, we're in a series called God Calling, and we kind of had. Uh, a, a little bit of a break last week in the series, and we had uh, Vision Sunday v- last week. I had a lot of fun, uh, got a lot of things off my chest. I felt better after the day. I don't know how the day was for some of y'all that were here, but I felt good about it. Anybody here last week for Vision Sunday? Okay, good, good, good. I, I, I think it was such a good um, uh, kickstart in a lot of ways for our church and uh, for this year, for 2024. But we're back in our God Calling series Um if you've, if you've caught a little bit of it or you've missed some of it, you can probably check out some on the podcast. Uh, God calling, the, the idea is simply this, is that there is a, there's a calling that God has for all of us. God, God speaks and he calls. And We're read that text in just a second. And we started off basically saying the foundation of your God calling is your identity, your identity in Christ. And then uh, God calls us to follow him. And then this morning we're going to talk about a little bit of good news. Everybody say good news passage of Scripture this morning is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, and then we're going to skip over to the Gospel of Mark. So there's two places. The first one is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God is the one who saved and called us with a holy calling. This wasn't based on what we've done, but it was based on his own purpose and grace that he gave us in Christ Jesus before time began. Now flip over to Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Mark 1 says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I'll send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. And then down in verse 14, After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe The good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. God. We say that because we're grateful. We're grateful. That's our response. That's our prayer together. We just God. We're grateful for Your word. Um, I, I like good news. Anybody like hearing good news? Anybody like anybody like bad news? You're like I just love. I'm a sucker for bad news. I just love it. No, nobody likes bad news. No, you don't. Put your hands down. No, we love good news. No, I love me some good news. I, I, um, I, I, you know, I've got. Uh, you know, maybe you got the, the, the phone call this past year, you know, the good news that you, you got the scholarship that you were trying to get, you know, and, and, or, or maybe you've uh, gotten a good report from the doctor. Man, i like me some good news from the doctor. I had a friend call me last week. He used to live here. He doesn't live here anymore. And he said, he goes, hey, man, you're never going to believe this. He said, I got a call from the HR department at work, and they wanted to know why I hadn't turned my uh, uh, paperwork in. And he's been working there for years. Why I hadn't turned my paperwork in, he said, for my new promotion. And I said, you got a promotion? And he goes, apparently, I didn't even know. I said, what does that even mean? And he goes, it means $20,000 is what it means. And I went, bro, that's some good news. <laughs> Anybody want some good news like that? Yes, yeah, i love me some good news. Good news, this is what the word gospel means. Gospel, the good news. And so this morning, I wanna to talk to you about some good news, good news. God calling is good news. This is, what, this is what the gospel means. If it's good news, if the gospel is good news, then why is it a lot of times when we talk to people about the gospel, oftentimes it seems like a lot of people maybe don't hear or they don't understand the gospel as good news, Anybody ever had a conversation with someone else about what you believe? Like, they don't believe what you believe, but you had a conversation with them, you know, about what you believe. And, and, then, and then you realize throughout the conversation that what they think you believe isn't actually what you believe. Anybody ever been there before? And they start explaining to you what you believe, and you're like, wait, 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 I don't, I don't even believe that. It can be concerning. And so I've drawn a graphic this morning about, it just kind of shows what a lot of people believe the gospel is, it, it, especially if they don't know um, the good news of the gospel. They've, this is the kind of the idea of, of, of what the gospel is, or, or is at least what they think it is that you think. Can I, can I get the, the picture up here? Okay. So uh, here it is. So you can see we started over here uh, at, at the beginning. We got planet Earth. All right. We live there. Uh, greetings, Earthlings. All right, this is where we are. We're on planet Earth, and so uh, somewhere along from the beginning of time until now, we've got you've, we've got me and you, and uh, so we live our lives, and 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 throughout our lives, maybe we do some some good things, and so we kind of above the line. We do a few little good things, and and so we're above the line. That's where we want to be. We want to be above the line, and then. You know, because we are not perfect, we, we do things that are not so good and, and they kind of go below the line. And the idea there, or at least what a lot of people think is, the idea there is hopefully by the end of your life, you've done more of the things above the line than you've done below the line. And then at the end, we have this thing where it's kind of split and this big decision of, of heaven over here. And then we've got uh, down below, uh, we call that what I used to call when I was a kid, we called it the bad place. You didn't even say that, all right? It was H-E-double hockey sticks, like that was, all right. Anybody he double hockey sticks? Y'all heard of that before? Okay, I'm talking to my people. Up there, we got heaven, usually that idea is a little bit more like, um, you know, you know, little baby angels and clouds and harps and grapes and 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 stuff like that. And then and then down on the bottom is in in hell is some type of some type of torment or, uh, or pain or, or distance or, or whatever it is, depending on, on, on what you've heard growing up. And you mix, throw into that story some common thoughts, you know, maybe some veggie Tale stories, you know, thrown in there and some billboards, you know, that are strewn about, you know, the highways of Alabama, you know, go to church or the devil will get you. Uh, anybody, have you ever seen that one? Yeah. Somewhere you got this big pot of mixed up gospel stories. It's a big pot of half truths and quarter truths and cultural stories. This is what um, a lot of people think that those of you that follow Jesus think that you believe. They they think that you believe that. And some of y'all are in here and you're like, yeah, that is what I believe. I <laughs> think that is it. The problem is with this is the Bible. It's, it, that's, the, that's the issue that we're dealing with. The problem is the, the Bible. We have, a, we have a good news problem. A good news problem. I remember the first time that I read this passage of, of Mark uh, chapter 1. Now, I, I grew up attending church, and so I know I've read it before, but this was like the first time I think that I ever actually read it and saw it. And I was in college learning to become a, a, a pastor, and I, and I read the verse, and I was like, oh, wait a second. It was, the, it was like a, it, it hit me like, oh, I, oh that's what this is saying. It was, anybody ever heard the phrase, I was today years old when I found out, you know? That was, I, I read that. And I, so, so the phrase is, I was today years old when I found out, you know, breakfast means you haven't eaten all night, and so you're breaking your fast, all right? I was today years old when I found out, and some of y'all today you were today years old when you found out that was meant breaking breaking the fast, or, um, or this one, uh, the division symbol multiplication and division division symbol is uh, I was today years old when I found out that it's just a fraction with dots below and above showing what uh, that uh, what numbers could be there. I was today years old. Yes. Okay, I got y'all with that one. I was today years old when I realized the word stressed. Is just the word dessert spelled backwards. What? That's Jesus right there. I was today years old when I realized I don't know what the good news is. I read Mark chapter 1 and I texted my friend Matt. I was in my 20s and I said, Matt, how is Jesus preaching the gospel and he hasn't died on the cross yet? And I was some of y'all's brains just melted. Mine are too, yes. I'm going, wait a second, there's, what else is going on here? There's got to be, there's got to be more. So this morning, I just want to take a fresh look at the good news. Take a fresh look at the good news. So maybe this morning you'll, we'll get done and you'll go, okay, I, I think I realized that the gospel is good news. Like Jesus came to share, to spread good news. So let's go back to our text, Mark chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 1, begin in verse 1 it says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Now, if there was just anywhere we could go in the Bible that could show us about what the good news is, like like at the very beginning, what that would look like, where could we go to find that? Oh, wait, here it is right here. It's the beginning, the good news about Jesus. So here it is. Verse 2, heaven and hell. Here we go. You guys ready? Oh, wait. That's not verse 2. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. So apparently the good news is something that is already going on. There's a story that's already been going on, and we are finding ourselves thrown right in the middle of this great grand story that has already been. It's already started. It's already, it's, it's already begun. We're jumping in midstream. Apparently Isaiah has already been talking about the promised land. That one day, those of you that are now in exile, you got the the children of Abraham, and then they've, they've followed Jesus, and then they have their own land, and then they... Don't do what's right, and then they get sent out into exile, and they're in Babylon. And Isaiah says that one day we're, you're going you're gonna to come back, and you're going to find a new land. Not only that, but there's going to be someone that's going to return. He's going to bring this. This Messiah is going to bring a some a new good news, a new story, a new. And this is I'm going to send a messenger ahead. Is this is this simple? It's not. It's not. It's not real simple. In one sense, it is. Once you get the basic storyline. It's not that hard, but the Bible refuses, us, re- refuses to allow us to turn it into line graphs for PowerPoints. It's not gonna, the Bible refuses to allow us to do that. And so Jesus is coming as the culmination of Israel's story and the fulfillment of a promise that God had made that he would come and visit his people. That's where we are, okay? Now, that was verse 1 and 2. Now, skip down to verse 14. After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Everybody say good news. He's proclaiming the gospel, depending on what translation you're looking at. It, it's, the good news, the gospel, euangelion, it's the word right there. Here it is. If I ever wanted to hear the gospel, I wanted to hear Jesus tell me what the good news is, here it is. Verse 15. The time has come. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So so what is the good news? Jesus says, repent and believe the good news. Apparently, Jesus, the good news is something that he just said. So, So what is it? The time has come. So something is here. And that something that is here is good news. What is that thing? The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. So according to the Bible, the gospel, the good news, is about God arriving here. Not necessarily us going away somewhere else, but God coming here. It's about God doing something here. It's not about my activity, about what I've done or what I've not done. It's about what God has done. The, the, the Gospel is about God. The good news is all about God. There's a lot of problems with the line graph story that we put up earlier. First problem is it's a it's a me centered picture. It's about what I've done. It's about where I'm going. It's about if I've done enough good or if I've not done too much bad it's not but the gospel story isn't actually about me. it's about God. The benefits the incredible the unbelievable mind-blowing benefits of the good news is what is is for me but it's about what God has done and so Jesus is here to address a problem the kingdom of God is here and so the rest of the book of mark he goes through that through the following pages but it's a it's a different story than a lot of us maybe have heard before the kingdom of God is not somewhere you go the kingdom of God is something that has arrived right here right now good news the time has come it's here and the kingdom has arrived the kingdom of God is here and so I I, I found a uh, a video that is does such a great explanation of the kingdom of God it's so so good Um, And so we're gonna play a video. Uh, Anybody like watching videos during sermons? So in the Bible,
1: the ideas of heaven and earth are way... (laughs)
0: We're gonna do it again.
1: (laughs) So in the Bible, the ideas of heaven and earth are ways of talking about God's space and our space.
2: So I understand our space really well. We live here, there's trees, rivers, mountains, but my understanding of God's space gets a little fuzzy. And what we do get in the Bible are images trying to help us grasp God's
1: space, which is basically inconceivable to us.
2: So these are two very different types of spaces.
1: Yes, they're, they're different in their nature, but here's what's really interesting, is that in the Bible, these are not always separate spaces. So think of heaven and earth as like different dimensions that can overlap in the same exact
2: space. So we talk a lot about going to heaven after we die. But this idea of heaven and earth overlapping, we don't talk a lot about that.
1: Which is kind of crazy because the union of heaven and earth is what the story of the Bible is all about. How they were once fully united and then driven apart and about how God is bringing them back
2: together once again. So let's go back to the beginning where heaven and earth, they're completely overlapping.
1: Yeah, this is what uh, the Bible's description of the Garden of Eden is all about. It's a place where God and humanity dwelt together perfectly, no separation. and, And humans then partner with God in building a flourishing, beautiful world and so on.
2: But as humans, we wanted to do things a different way. We wanted God out and we wanted to create a world
1: now we can go and be with god again but not so fast because the temple also creates a problem so god's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty but human space is full of sin and injustice and the ugliness
2: that results so how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other this was resolved through animal sacrifice yeah that's kind of weird
1: to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation and god's space and human space completely overlap once again
0: there's so many good videos on the bible project if you guys if that's if that's new to you so um, story of the bible is how heaven and earth got ripped apart it's not it wasn't god's will wasn't what God wanted. It wasn't God's plan. It wasn't God's fault. And yet something went wrong because humans have this urge to take and to seize their own autonomy and own independence and define good and evil for ourselves. You can look at the very first sentence of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So where's, what, what, what is hell? What is hell? Whatever hell is, God didn't make it here. It's not, it's not going on over here. It wasn't in, in chapter 1. It doesn't come until, uh, into the story until later. Where does, it, where does it come from? In some ways, hell or evil or sin or something humans have created by our own decisions to move forward in our own autonomy and independence away from God. How, how, how do we know that hell's the right word to use for this? Well, uh, Jesus' brother, James, he had a brother. Um, one of his brothers was named James. And, and James hung out with Jesus a lot. He talks a lot about the power of the tongue and the power of your words to bless and to curse both at the same time. And so James says, in, in James chapter 3, verse 6, it says, The tongue is also a fire. A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. Sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by what? Hell. So what, what, are, the, what are the implications of that? Hell, hell is not only a reality at the end of life. It's, it's the unleashing of selfishness and evil on the earth right now to destroy God's good creation. That, that's, that's, that's what that is. It's the breakdown, it's the degrading of humans on the earth. That's what we see in Genesis chapter three, the fall of, uh, uh, the fall of man. It's the moment that humans, in many ways are unleashing, Hell on earth. You can read the, the book of Judges. The book of Judges is a tough book to read in the Old Testament. It's got some wild stories, some terrible stories, amazing what humans are, are capable of. And it all hinges around this one saying, this one phrase It says multiple times all throughout, the, all throughout the book of Judges. It's that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. And then they goes through this horrific story of what goes on. The story of the Bible, Tim Mackey, the one who did this video and where a lot of this teaching comes from, uh, said this. He said, The story of the Bible is a story in which God is wanting to heal this world and to get all of hell out of the earth. To get hell out of the earth. God hates hell. God hates hell because he loves the world. And when Jesus comes on the scene, and he's bringing, he's in, he's invading the earth with his kingdom. It really is a kingdom invasion. It's the it's a story that we find in the book of Mark. We just read the very beginning of it. But if you keep reading, Jesus shows up and he begins confronting evil and hell, and he's casting out demons and he's confronting relationships. and And this is the context that we see that Jesus Jesus hates hell. He hates what it does to. Humans, he hates where it leads people. He hates it. Here, here's something that, uh, that all of us can agree on. We all can agree. that the, the sexual abuse of children for money is a plague on the world today. It's evil. It's wrong. It's horrific. We call it trafficking, sex trafficking, but it's a plague. And it's a, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing. We hate it, and, and we want it gone. God also hates sex trafficking. but He's actually more serious about it than we are, because God not only hates sex trafficking, he, he hates actual He hates lust. He hates the seed of that thing, that root desire in us to use another human being for our own personal gratification. He hates it more than we do. We, we hate um, racism. We hate genocide. We want that gone. Jesus wants that gone too. Jesus hates those things. But he's actually more serious about it than we are because Jesus wants to get rid of pride. He wants to get rid of contempt. He wants to get rid of rage within our hearts. Colossians chapter 3 puts it this way. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature... Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. So what is murder? What is racism? What is trafficking? What are these things? These are raging fires in the world started, initiated by hell. Jesus wants to get rid of all of hell in the world. He wants to get the hell out of the world. There's one way to say it. And Jesus wants to get rid of the hell inside of you and inside of me. That's good news. That's good news. But it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I want Jesus to get rid of all the hell inside of me and all the hell inside of this world, but I don't want him to get rid of me. I don't, I don't want him to get rid of me. So what am, I, what am I supposed to do? It's hard news to hear. So I want you to imagine that you meet a, 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 you know, a thief in the back alley who's holding a knife. All right? Anybody agree that's, that's bad news? Bad news. That's bad news. That's not good news. But if I meet a surgeon, he comes to me with a scalpel, and he needs to remove this life-threatening thing that's poisoning my body. Is that good news? Yeah. That's good news. Is it, is it going to be painful? Yeah. But it, it's also the story of the Bible. Jesus is more serious about it even than, than we are. So how does Jesus come, how does he show up to get rid of the hell out of the earth? So Jesus shows up and lives a hell-free existence, a sinless existence. He he calls out other people's uh, hypocrisy. He calls out what others are doing, and even in our own sin and even in our own brokenness, we respond and we put Him on a cross for it. We put Him on a cross for it. But even then, our own sin doesn't get the last word. That's, that's the paradox of the gospel, that God allows the hell and the sin that we've created to overwhelm Him on the cross and to put Him on the cross. But because Jesus is resurrected, it actually speaks of God's eternal commitment to you, to me, to our good world. And so he then offers us the opportunity of life in a hell-free existence, in the present and in the future, now and tomorrow. So what, is, what does Jesus say in Mark chapter 1, verse 15? We just read it. Repent and believe the good news kingdom is here. Repent and believe the good news. God wants to get and remove all of the hell in this world and inside of you. That's good news. That's good news. So how how does it end? How does it end? Where does hell have to go? Hell's got to go somewhere. So we look on the last page of the Bible. Where and and what is hell on the last page? What do we see? C.S. Lewis says that hell is God's monument to human freedom. So if somebody refuses to be healed, if somebody refuses to be healed by the great physician, then God will honor that decision. But what God will not do is he will not allow hell to continue to destroy his good world and his good creation. So he allows it. So the Picture we get in the Bible, the end of time is this marriage. You guys saw the video. This marriage of heaven and earth coming together. And hell's outside of the city. It's outside of the gates. And for those who refuse to participate in God's new heaven and earth, God honors that decision and they remain outside of the city. But God's committed to getting rid of the hell here in you and in me and in this world. So much so that he died and he rose again. The time has come. The kingdom is here. Repent and believe the good news. It's good news. It's good news. Mark chapter 1. This is good news. The calling of God for each one of us is to follow him, but it comes with good news. It is both with good news and to good news. And you and I, his promise is that he was not willing that even one would perish. Not even one would not hear. Not even one would lose out. Not even one would refuse. And that's, that's what I want to respond to. So I want to pray for you this morning, if you would, if you just close your eyes, where you are. Simple message this morning. Down to the foundations, down to the roots, down to the core. It's true. Maybe, maybe you're in here this morning and the, the, just that message, this good news weighs heavy on your heart because there's someone, maybe there's somebody in your mind that you know has the wrong story in their mind of even what they think it is, that who God really is. And you just want them to know the truth. And so your prayer is really just, Lord, will you help them know the real good news? God, help my, help my friend, help my family member, help my neighbor, help them know the actual good news. If that's you in here, and that's you and you have somebody in your heart, you just want to acknowledge that. Either you're open to the Lord, opening up an opportunity for you to have a conversation with them, to share the good news. You're like, that's some, I, I need them to know the good news. It's weighing heavy on me. I just want to acknowledge that this morning. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real high and put it down? Just like, God, that's me. Yeah, there's somebody in my heart. There's somebody in my life. Yeah. Yes. 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 Anybody else? God, that's That's me. Or would you open up an opportunity for me to have a conversation? It, it scares me to death, but I, I want them to know the good news. Anybody else? Or maybe you're in here and you just—if you're honest—you say, Joel, I'm not sure. I've, <laughs> I'm not sure I've believed the good news. I've had a different story this whole time, but I recognize it now. God's here to heal, and, and I want that in my life." And so Jesus' words for you are actually your prayer. It's your prayer. Repent and believe the good news. Turn around and believe the good news. If that's you this morning, you're just saying, I'm I'm, I'm repenting and I'm believing the good news today. It's just an acknowledgement. That's what I'm doing today. Jesus said in Mark chapter 1, if, that, if, if that's you, would you just raise your hand real high and you put it back down. I'm turning around and I'm believing today. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm turning around and I'm believing today. God, this morning, what a gift. What a gift your word is. Lord, I thank you, God, that we can um, not only read your word, not only hear your word, God, but we can know it. It's not just something we read and we see on a screen and we, and we know it in the back of our minds, God, but we, it's something that we know in our souls and it transforms. So God, I thank you for good news. God, I thank you for the good news this morning. That You came, you with a good plan. And though we have done our best to ruin that good plan, there's nothing and no one that could ultimately ruin your good plan. And now you've turned around and invited us to be in on that. And so God, I pray that you would fill our church, fill these people, fill our hearts today, God, with your good news. Fill us so much so with the hope and the joy of who you are and what you're doing, God, that it overflows our souls onto others around us. God, convince us and convict us in this moment God, of your good news. God, we are sharing in the good news of your good plan. Thank you, God, for sending your son,
1: Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen.